return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I take great pleasure in introducing to you Pastor Randon's going to come and share a word. Give him a clap offering as he comes. Hallelujah. You're never going to be the same in Jesus' name. Okay, thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot about Kids Rock. Amen. So uh, if, that's, uh, if that's for you, send them little beauties back there. They'll take care. Thank you. Give them a clap for Kids Rock. Big effort. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? Yes. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. I think that's the first time I've gotten it right since I've done it. Praise God. But it's true, amen. We have the Word of God. Whenever we read it, never the same. Amen. We always change a little bit every time we read it. Amen. And I'm going to be talking about the parable of the sower this morning. And I just want to thank Pastor Dave and Pastor Jeannie, Pastor Kevin and Cindy for this opportunity to come and minister. Uh, So I have part one. I'm going to do the first two soils for uh, today. I speak next Sunday night. I'm going to do the second two soils. Uh, So so hopefully a little bit left to be desired after after the sermon today. Um, And then, yeah, I just wanted to, again, just... Just really encourage you to come out tonight. It's just going to be a great, great service. So much experience. And uh, he's one of those guys that you can just listen to for hours. You know, and he has so much wisdom and knowledge of the word. And he presents it in such a, in such a great way to understand. So I wanted to put that out there. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's go to Matthew 13, verse 3 through 9. And we're just going to read the parable first. <clears throat> And uh, it says in Matthew 13, 3, Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell in stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, And the thorns sprang up and choked them, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I like this parable because it really shows the progression of somebody's spiritual walk. You know, it starts out with um, the ones that are by the wayside, 
and the ones that they maybe hear it, but it's taken away um, before they have a chance to believe, right? And then it goes into, they fell on stony places, so maybe they believed it, and they received the word, right? But they didn't have any foundation, so the word that withered away in their life. And then it goes into uh, where they fell among thorns, the, the seed fell among thorns, and they believed it, and they might have been prospering in the word, but the cares of this world, um, you know, money and lust and different things like that choked out the word. Right. And then you have the good soil, amen. So we're going to talk about today the, the seeds fallen by the wayside and then the seeds fallen in the stony places. And this is referenced, this parable is mentioned in uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so there's three accounts. And so we're going to focus a little bit more on Matthew today, but uh, each one has a little bit different terminology that they use. You know, and we're going to go through some things in Luke as well. And uh, so you can see the progression of the different soils. Amen. And you can see that each one is a little farther along than the last one. Amen. And, and really, it's all about our heart, right? The soil is, is where are we at spiritually? Are we, are we open? Are we soft to the things of the Lord? Or are we hard to the things of the Lord? Amen. And really, it shows that at any point during those four, during the first three progressions of your walk with Christ, um, it can be quenched, right? The the word inside you, if you if you allow it, the devil can come and steal that word, and things can happen. So we see, you know, the seed is the word, as Jesus says later in the chapter, and he goes on to explain the parable. So I'm not going to necessarily explain the parable to you. Um, it's right there in the same chapter. But the, the seed is the, word, is the word of God, you know, is the gospel. So when we minister to somebody, we witness to somebody, we're planting a seed. Right. Amen. And, uh, and, and at, at that point, we're the sower. So we, we sow seed in different people's lives, Amen. right? And, and it's up to them to receive it. Amen. We can only do so much. Amen. Uh, when somebody ministers at the pulpit, we, we say what the Lord, we feel the Lord is telling us to say. Right. Amen. But for you to grab onto it and you to hold on to it, that's not the pastor's responsibility. Amen. That's the congregation's responsibility. Same thing when you're witnessing to somebody. Amen. Your job is to inform. Your job is to tell about the goodness of God, about the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's their job, job to receive. And we see this over and over in the Bible where, where Jesus, you know, when he sent out the 12 and he sent out the 70 and he said, if they receive you, go in and stay. Amen. And teach and heal all that are oppressed, amen, and cast out devils, you know, and everything like that. But he says, if they don't receive you, you know, shake off your sandals from that place and go to the next place, amen. So it's not our job to to make them listen. We just have to speak, amen. And that's what that's what the Bible tells us to do, amen. So the soil is the person receiving the word, and God is constantly speaking to us, amen, even in our own lives. Um, we might not, somebody might not be witnessing to us, but the sower is, is Jesus Christ, and he sows things into our life, amen, and we can choose to receive, or we can choose to dig into it, or we can choose to let it fall away, amen. There's a, you know, there's a saying, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards, especially in, in spirituality, that's true, you can't be stagnant in spirituality, because if you're stagnant, it means you're moving backwards, amen, you can't just stay still. There's no indifference in the Word of God. Amen? There's only two sides. And, uh, and it's very black and white. Amen? We can choose to move forward. Amen? We can choose to get better or we can choose not to. Amen? And so he's constantly speaking to us. 
So how are we going to receive what God is saying? Yeah. Amen. And there's so many mediums now of, of ways that he speaks through to us. Amen. So much more. I mean, we have the Bible. We have podcasts. We have, you know, you can do like, get like an audio Bible, which is something I have. Right. Something I listen to if I'm just um, in here, you know, cleaning the church or whatever. Uh, you have you have Bible Gateway where you go and look up scriptures and references. Yeah. Um, you have speakers on Sunday mornings, Sunday schools, Sunday nights, right. Wednesday nights, yeah. Thursday mo- Thursday during the day Bible study, uh, Tuesday prayer. I mean, there's so many things going on that you can receive from the Lord. Absolutely. Amen. So each time we choose uh, whether or not we're going to do that. Amen. That Amen. And so we have to receive what God's saying to us, and we have to receive with a soft heart. Amen. And we'll get more into that as we go through the good soil. Um, but in Proverbs 3, 5, <clears throat> amen, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Amen. And verse 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Amen. So this is an example of somebody who, who puts all of their faith and all of their trust into Jesus. Amen. Yeah. And doesn't look at, doesn't, doesn't follow what they see. We don't follow what we see, but we're led by faith. Amen. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Amen. So, so we don't, we don't go about based off feelings because that'd be something that we can, we can see, right? I can, if, if, uh, if I'm upset, my wife can visibly see that I'm upset, but amen, I don't go off my feelings. Amen. But we go by the word of God. That's why when we have a circumstance come up and we have a, we have a, uh, uh, a persecution or a tribulation come up. Right. I mean, our circumstances might say one thing, amen, and it might be it might be factual. You know, you might have this or you might have that, yeah. amen. But the truth is is in the Word of God, yeah. amen. Because Jesus says, "I am the way and the truth and the life," right. amen. So <clears throat> something can be factual but not true, amen, and something can be true but the facts don't line up with the truth, amen. And a lot of times in our lives. You know, Satan will attack you. He will tempt you. He will, he will do things that will try to throw you off your game. Right. Amen. And things that he'll, prevent, he'll present the facts. Amen. But he won't present the truth. Because it says that the devil is, is a liar and he's the father of it. Yeah. Amen. So anytime he tries to tell you something that's con- contradictory to the word of God, yeah. it's a lie. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so when God speaks to us, we better be listening or we're going to miss what he has for us. Amen. And he has so many good things for you. And there's so much that he wants you to know. There's so much he wants, he wants you to, to experience his love in a way that is beyond understanding, is beyond knowledge, is beyond what we've ever experienced. Amen. And have you ever noticed that when God does something, it's always more than enough? And whenever, whenever God speaks to you or he shows you grace or he shows you love, it's always almost overwhelming. Amen. And I really believe that that when we experience grace and we experience uh, that love, you know, it says that we love him because he first loved us. Yeah, right. Amen. We can, we, can, we can permeate that throughout uh, our, our channels of influence. Amen. Whoever we come in contact with, right. we can permeate that out. Yeah. Amen. And it, it just it continues to fill. Yeah. There's no, there's no uh, end with what God has for you in store. Amen. Yeah. He has good plans for you. Amen. Isaiah 55:11 says, "So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth; it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper, prosper in the thing for which I sent it." Amen. Amen. So if we're speaking, you, God's word goes forth from His mouth, 
But if we speak God's word out of our mouth, it's the same thing. It does not return void. Amen. So when we speak a blessing on somebody, amen, that blessing is out there and it's, it's going to settle and it's going to land on somebody. <laughs> amen. It could be for something that you're praying for. Um, you know, we, we're always encouraged and the Bible talks about praying for those that are in authority. Amen. So all the way from the federal level to the, to the state level to the local level, praying for those that are in authority. Amen. No matter if you agree with them or not, that they have wisdom, that they get saved if they're not. Amen. That they, that they do what's in the best interest of the people. Amen. And of the word. Amen. And so the words that we speak, good or bad, do not, they, they will land somewhere. Amen. They don't just go away. Amen. So it's important that when we speak and we, when we speak God's word, we do it through a New Testament lens, as Pastor Dave always says, and not an Old Testament lens. Amen. Because now we're living under, under the law of grace. Amen. And so the grace that God gave us, we, we can impart that grace to others. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's talk about the seed that fell on the wayside. So Matthew 13, 3 and 4, he spoke many things to them parables, parables saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. And in Luke it says that first the seeds were, were first trampled and then taken away by the birds. Amen. And so Jesus explained this as anyone who hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the devil comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. That's the explanation that Jesus gives the parable. And so, um, you know, it talks about trampling. And the devil doesn't just want to take the word away from you. He wants to trample you. He, he, wants, to, he wants to kick you when you're down. Amen. And so, so it's not just like, oh, he's, oh he took that word away. No, he's, he wants to beat you till you can't get up. Amen. And one way that we, that we don't allow that, right, is strengthening each other. Right. Amen? And so, this is the word, the seed by the wayside is the word that is in somebody's heart, but maybe hasn't believed yet. It's, 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 um, it's come to them, they've heard it, right. amen, but they ha- they're not quite there. Maybe they've experienced a healing, a miraculous healing. Right. They're like, wow, something, something good's going on. But, you know, you can be, you, somebody can be healed, but not be saved. Amen. You think about the ten lepers, and he said, go show yourself to the priest. And they went, and they were all healed. All ten were healed, and one came back. Amen. And, and that's probably a pretty good indication of today's society, where 100% may hear the word of God, and maybe 10% will come back and follow God, follow Jesus as a disciple. Right? But, but the fact is, the one came back and was made whole and believed. Amen. And, and Dr. Paul Tucker even talked about, uh, you know, the, the, those that were in the upper room. And how that guy was probably one of the ones in the upper room. Amen. Praying and receiving what God has for him and wanting to know the fullness of what God has for him. Amen. Yeah. And so that's what, that's what we want to do. We don't want, we don't want to be one of the nine, amen, that gets healed and just says, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good now. Amen. And only run to God when there's a crisis. Amen. We also run to God when things are going really well. Amen. And so, um, you know, there are a lot of people that get healed or delivered, but never ask Jesus to come into their life. Right? And it's important that when we witness to somebody and they hear the word, that we follow up. Amen. So, 
sometimes it might be hard. Maybe you just witness somebody in passing, and I've done that before. Just somebody at a gas station strikes up a conversation, and I love when somebody strikes up a conversation with me because then I feel it's a it's an open invitation to impart the goodness of God into their life. You know, and so so maybe you, there's those those one-off things where you you pray for somebody, or you witness to somebody, and you may never see them again. I mean, and you've, you've kind of done your part, right? You know, you've done what God has told you, asked you to do in that moment. But then we also have those that are our coworkers, that are our neighbors, amen, that, that you might uh, witness to, amen. But it's important to follow up, amen, especially when somebody is very interested in the things of God. Follow up, amen, because we don't want Satan to take that word from them, amen. And, uh, and uh, you know, and then we're like, well, you know, well, I see him every day or I see him every other day. I could have said something, right? And so it's important that we um, continue to follow up, help guide them and teach them what it means to follow Jesus. Amen. Otherwise, Satan is right there to steal the seed you put into their life. Amen. And so that's why Jesus commissioned the disciples. He didn't say go out and save every creature. Amen. But he said go out. Let's go to the verse Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It says, therefore, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you to do, commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So he said, go therefore and make disciples. And discipleship is a long-term thing. Amen. When you make a disciple of somebody, and, and, and you know, when somebody decides to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's a long-term thing. Your actions will continue to, sh- to, to go towards what the Word of God says. Amen. And so it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Being a Christian, amen, um, being a, a born-again Christian is a marathon. Yeah. Amen, it's not a sprint. There's going to be tough times. There's going to be times where maybe you feel like giving up. Amen. And I, always, I think I always reference this, but our brothers and sisters in, in, in other countries, right. brothers and sisters here from Africa, yeah. from different places, amen, um, sometimes I'm sure it's like, can I do this anymore? You know, how many, how many houses have to be burned before I just kind of give up? You know, how many people close to me, you know, are, are beaten and persecuted right. before I give up? Amen. And, um, and so, so it's, a, it's a marathon, yeah. right? And so no matter what the hardships we have, yeah. we continue to go. Yeah. You, know, you look at people in the Boston Marathon, thousands of people run the Boston Marathon. And how many, how many don't cross the finish line? I would say that probably very little, just because they've, trained, right? You have a lot of them that's, that have trained for the whole year, maybe, to get ready for the Boston Marathon, right? And so, as a marathon runner, your objective is to finish the race, right. amen? And Paul talks about that. He says, in his own life, he said, I'm being poured out, but I've finished the race, yeah. and I've kept the faith. Yeah. Might not have been easy all the time, right? He talks about the perils that he went through. He talks about being shipwrecked and having no food, Right. Having nothing, amen, being beaten. Uh, we had 39 stripes, um, what was it, four times, five times? Um, and, uh, you know, beaten with rods. Yeah. But he never gave up, no. amen. And we look at his story, we look at, at what Paul went through, and, and we look at our, I look at my own life and I say, I've never been beaten for the Lord. And I've never done, and I've never been persecuted like that. And, uh, and so I'm going to continue to move forward. Right. You know, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to continue to move forward. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So he tells us to make disciples, 
and to teach them to observe all things that he commanded them. Amen. And, and this is why, you know, you look at some of the Billy Graham crusades from way back when and, and different meetings now, um, there was a team responsible to make sure that people were being followed up with. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Because if, 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 you, if you show somebody the way and you, and you, you inform them, and then, and then they're just left on to fend for themselves, you're kind of like feeding them to the sharks. Yeah, right. Amen. They need that constant, um, especially as a baby, right? They need that constant care. They need to be constantly fed. Amen. They might not do it, know how to do it themselves. Amen. So that's why it's good to surround them with good people. Yeah. So Satan wants to steal that word. Amen. His job is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Yeah. Amen. He doesn't want to just steal the word. Like I said in Luke's account, he said that the seed was trampled on and then taken away by the birds. Right. Amen. And uh, he will try to make you feel worthless, hopeless, and out of options. Really, he'll, he'll, he'll make you feel worthless, that you're not worthy to be saved, that you're not worthy. And, you know, on a level, we're not. Amen. But when we come into the kingdom, we are the righteousness of God in Christ yeah. Jesus. Amen. And so we become worthy by the blood of Jesus. Right. Amen. So we're no longer worthless sinners, right? No. But we're the righteousness of God in Christ. Beautiful. Amen. We didn't deserve it, but we got it. Amen. He'll make you feel hopeless, like there's no options. Yeah. So, you know, you see, you look, and the suicide rate has gone up. Oh. You know, why is that? They feel like there's no hope. That's right. there's, there's no way out of the situation that they're in. Amen. And if they would just, and, you know, and I think about that, and I'm like, ah, they just knew how much Jesus loved them. How much, how much hope they actually had. Yeah. That we have the hope that Jesus is once again, one day going to come back, yeah. amen, and take us up. Amen. So we can live forever with him eternally. Amen. They might have a different outlook on life. Right? I remember uh, kind of a side story. You know, when I was in, um, when I was actually coming to, the summer before I came to college, uh, one of my friends drowned, uh, who was a year older than me. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, when, when it first happened, you know, it was just kind of like, whoa, you know, he was, he was, 19 or 20 at the time, right? And you just think, wow, you know, that's kind of, it's just something that you don't expect to happen, obviously. And, uh, but I remember I was in a, I was really depressed for about two or three months. And it felt like I was in a waiting room. And that I was, you know, and my, my uh, selfishness, I was like, I was almost jealous that he was with the Lord. And I was down here, and I had to deal with this, you know. And so I didn't, I showed very, no emotion. I was just very, um, you know, I just, you know, just kind of, just things kind of went downhill. Amen. And even when I came to the church, I was still, you know, I wasn't going to classes as much as I should have been. And I was, you know, differently like that. And the Lord showed me, I can't even remember how it happened. Um, I, I might have been listening to a sermon here. But he just showed me, and he, he spoke to me, and he said, he just said, you have a purpose. Yes. Amen. We're not just in a waiting room waiting to go up to heaven. Amen. We are going to be there eventually, but we have a purpose on this earth. Oh, yeah. Amen. Oh. And it's a selfless purpose. Yeah. Amen. It's not just for us no. uh, to be saved and, and to kind of wait it out, yeah. right? Wait till we get to a certain age and then, and then uh, get our reward or whatever. Amen. But we have a purpose yeah. to bring as many people as we can with yeah. us. Amen. To live for Jesus, to show the world, amen, that that uh, that the world is incorrect, 
right? To show the world the love of Jesus yeah. every single day, no matter what we're doing. Amen. We may not even have to say the name of Jesus in a conversation. We might have to. We might just be opening a door for somebody, showing love to somebody, yeah. coming with coming to work or coming uh, to church with a good attitude. Amen. And people will notice. People will, will notice and they'll they'll see your feet. When I told uh, when I made the announcement at at Dactronics that I'd be leaving to be associate pastor. Uh, I was kind of shocked about the number of people that said, oh, yeah, that's right, you really wanted to, you know, that's what you really wanted to do. And I was like, did I, I don't feel like I told anybody <laughs> that this was my, that this was my goal or my aim. Um, but, you know, I believe that they really saw my feet. Amen. And I think that's, that's for everybody. That's a good testimony to your life that when, when people um, show you with a certain kind of respect because, or they don't, Pastor Kevin's talked about, or Pastor Kevin, Pastor uh, Frank, Talked about how some of his coworkers didn't swear around him because they knew that he was a Christian and they didn't want to, you know. And I think that's a great testimony. Yeah. Amen. I think it's also a good testimony when when somebody knows that you're going to offer them grace and maybe they'll just cuss around you all the time like a sailor, you know. Maybe they're comfortable enough around you to be themselves. Amen. And, and we continue to witness. We continue to to uh, give them good nuggets of what the Word says about them. Amen. Because nobody's going to change. I mean, you can't change before you get saved. Right. If you're witnessing to somebody, they're not going to change until they get saved. Right. Amen. And then when they get saved, then they might replace some of the words they use with with speaking in tongues. I knew another guy who got saved when he was in his 20s, and he was a he cussed a lot, and but he was a construction worker, and you know, so one time he was saved. He was kind of a a newer Christian, but he but he he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he hit his finger with a hammer. <laughs> And he, and he, instead of the, the regular words that would come out, he was, just started speaking in tongues, amen? And so when we get saved and as we walk with the Lord, we start to change, amen? We start to, we start to grow in the Word. Amen. <laughs> if someone doesn't know or understand the Word once they've heard it, the best thing is for them to find another Christian that can help guide them. Amen. That's, there's, there's power um, in connection, amen, those divine connections. Amen. Pastor Dave talked about all the time how he was, when he was saved, he had to hang out with different people because his old friends were doing the same old thing they were doing, right? He had to find different friends, different things to do. Amen, it's so important to find people who love Jesus. And I tell uh, our kids that too, you know, find, find a Christian friend, find somebody that loves Jesus. Amen, and, and Ariana just spent the night at somebody who, her friend goes to church, you know, sadly not a lot of her friends go to church, right. you know, and, um, you know, the ones that she's in class with, right, and, uh, but, but uh, she's going to be going to a, a Christian retreat with this person, with this, Wonderful. with her friend, you yeah. know, and, and uh, it's just uh, amazing, and, you know, Essie's in the church, Essie and Ariana have built a good relationship, and, and it's just great to have good Christian friends, yeah. amen, especially starting from a young age. Marvel, marvel. <clears throat> And that's why it's a good idea to come to church, right? Amen. I mean, a, a room full of Christians, yeah. right? People that you can bond with. There's somebody here that has an interest, the same as yours. Yeah. Amen. And being able to connect. Amen. We have um, Kenaniah Fellowship back there. We talk about things of the Lord. We, we, build, in, we build each other up. Yeah. Amen. You can hear the, the service over the internet or over the Holy Life Tabernacle app. But those things are good, but you miss the fellowship of coming to a church service. Amen. 
You might get the you might get the word, and it'll be a good word no matter where you're where you're listening from, amen. But it's the fellowship, it's the connection, amen. It's uh there's there's power in numbers, amen. And so when you come to church, you fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. Awesome. Amen. Let's go to Proverbs 27:17, and it just says, "As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend." Amen. And so surrounding yourself with people that are that are Christians, that you know, don't just call themselves Christians, but actually love the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Is a good right. thing to to talk with them. Amen. Hebrews 10:24. And 25 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another in so much as more as the, you see the day approaching. Amen. And so when it says, let us consider one another, uh, it means not just to think about um, ourselves, but our fellow Christians in a heartfelt way, in a compassionate way. Amen. To have a really have a special bond with somebody, with with somebody that that shares the same values and beliefs that you have. Amen. Jesus wants to engage deeply. Wants us to engage deeply with each other in order to stir up love and good works. Amen. Um, I just I just think it's great how many people, um, you know, and I just see it in this in this congregation, but help each other out. You know, maybe uh, snow blows a driveway or. You know, um, offers a shovel or um, mow the grass or pick up something from the store or just call to talk, Wonderful. right? Awesome. And uh, and so, you know, we it, it stirs up that love and it stirs up those good works. Amen. Yeah. It says in the Bible that faith without works is dead. Yeah. Amen. So you know, you look at that with relationships. You know, it's going to be hard to trust somebody unless you see some of their good works towards you, right? And vice versa. It's going to be hard for somebody to trust you unless they've seen your good works towards them. Amen. And so, we want to present a united front and help each other out. Amen. A united front saying, no, devil, you cannot come into this church and wreak havoc and cannot uh, uh, cause division and strife in this church because that's what he wants to do. Amen. He wants to start from the head down. He he, He knows if he can chop off the head... It'll just, everything else will scatter, right? Hallelujah. So let's uh, go on to the second soil. I have 15 minutes here. And this is the soil that, the seed that fell onto the rocky soil. So Matthew 13, 5 through 6, Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And so we talked about and um, and just looked a little bit at the the first soil, the the wayside, and how it didn't even have a chance to get root, didn't even have a chance to to get down in somebody. And then we talk about we look at the second soil, and it fell in the stony place, and it had a little bit of earth, so it, it had a little bit of root, right? Um, but it didn't have the depth of earth. Amen. It's anything that can't get their nutrients from the ground, any plant that they can't get their nutrients from the ground is not going to grow, right? And so, uh, over in Luke eight six, the other um, the other version of the parable it says, "Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because of lack of moisture." Amen. And so, later on in Matthew, Jesus explains that this was ones. 
This was the people that when they hear, they receive the word with joy. So they're, they're excited. And I, you know, it's a genuine excitement. You know, it's a joy of the Lord. Amen. But they're not grounded in the word and they have no root or foundation to go off of. So they believe for a while and when temptation or persecution comes, they fall away. Amen. And so we want to equip ourselves so we can stand against the attacks of the enemy. Amen. Yeah. Satan is really good at getting people to blame God. Amen. And, and uh, you know, you see it in, in different crises and, well, God must have been mad at them. And it's always God's fault. And it's always God's doing this and God's doing that. Amen. But James 1, 2 says, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. You know, you think of it, even Job blamed God for his circumstances. You know, and Job was, Job, you know, God said, have you not seen my servant Job, who's never going to abandon me? And we see that Job, you know, for a big portion of Job was feeling sorry for himself, and nothing was his fault, right? Then he had his friends saying, well, everything's your fault, you're a terrible person, right? It took the young Elihu to kind of set them both straight, amen? Um, and so we see that, that the Bible says we should welcome various trials. It says, count it all joy. James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And again, it talks about, you know, this is not a sprint, but it's a marathon. Yeah. Patience, amen, endurance, um, um, making your moves at the right time, right? So it's, it's the same thing with, with Christianity. We want to make sure that, you know, it says, the Bible says, do not be, become weary in doing good. Amen. And that, what, does, what does that mean? It means that you might get to a certain point where it's like, I do all these, you know, maybe I do this for this person, and I do this good work, and ah, I just need a break from being good. You don't want to do something that's against, against what I, you know, against what uh, people think I should be doing or, or whatever. Amen. But it says, don't be weary in doing good. Amen. Right. We need to continue to hold fast, continue to stay focused. Amen. Mental focus on, on doing what the Word of God says. Amen. Uh, Acts 5:40 through42. So again, it talks about being persecuted. Amen. Um, and they agreed with him when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. I just love that. I just love that. Amen. So they were beaten. They were beaten probably pretty severely. I I don't think it was just a couple of taps with the rod. Beaten. They were commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, probably threatened. Right? They were obviously threatened. And then they let him go because they couldn't hold him. Right? And they departed and they were rejoicing. They were excited. We were counted worthy to suffer shame for the presence of God, for his name. And then not only that, but then daily in the temple, in front of the Pharisees, in front of the Sadducees, in front of the people that had beat them, in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. That is boldness. Amen? That is not let, letting it get you down. <laughs> I think it too, you know, when, when Paul, 
wasn't preaching to the Romans, then he got, he was, he dragged out and said he got stoned, left for dead, and he gets prayed for, and he gets up and walks right back in, goes, goes back to the city, you know, and it's just, it's just an amazing, amazing thing. I think of Stephen too, when, when Stephen is, I love how when Stephen's um, addressing the, the, um, the priest and, and everything, he starts from like the beginning of, you know, from, you know, the beginning and just, just run to the Bible. And they're like, you know, they're, at first they're marveled and then he's like, you guys are hypocrites and you guys, you know, he starts calling them out on their things. Yeah. And they get mad and they start stoning him. And, and he says, he, he looks up and he smiles and he says, uh, do not hold this against them, Lord. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. People that only have bad things planned, they don't, they don't, you know, they're, because he's saying, he gave a speech. And they're going to stone him for, I mean, hopefully, you know, if somebody stoned me for my speech, it'd be tough. It'd be tough to forgive, wouldn't it? Or think of Stephen's family. Right. How tough it might have been to forgive, yeah. right? Yeah. Amen. So we do. We suffer. We, we do go through trials, you know. We do or we will suffer persecution for what we believe. And, uh, you know, kind of, you know, and you look... And uh, I'll focus on just the United States for just a second, but um, even even some of the things that we thought were never going to be um, be dented, or things that we never thought were going to be taken away for freedom of religion and, and different freedoms that we do have, praise God. Um, little by little, there's things happening in the United States all over. Um, you know, right now there's there's a controversy with uh, with Vice President Pence's wife teaching at a Christian school. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and what, what happens when, it, when, a, when there's a spark, there becomes a flame, right? And so little, little by little, you know, religious freedoms are going to be taken away in the United States. And I, I truly believe that because that's what the Bible says. It says as we get closer, you know, we will be persecuted. Amen. And Pastor Day talks about how we do, you know, we do live in a bubble in the United States, you know, if we've never been outside especially, that, oh, that's never going to happen here. You know, I even think about South Dakota, you know, one of the reddest states, you know, uh, not political or anything like that. But, but just, uh, just different things that, different laws that South Dakota has, um, you know, are, are um, you know, just, just things that I guess more closely I, I um, believe as well, the Bible says. And uh, little by little, things are going to happen, you know, and things are going to start to... Um, you know, different things that you feel have been safe are going to start starting to stay away. Don't go too much into that. Good. Gotcha. Amen. Yeah. So, Matthew sixteen fifteen through eighteen. Amen. Oh, I was going to say too. You know, there's a saying that I heard: if if your teenager rolls their eyes at you, it means you're doing something right. <laughs> and. Uh, if the devil is trying to tempt you and persecute you, it means you're doing something right. Amen. So you will fall into temptations and, and persecutions. Matthew 16, 15 through 18. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Amen. And this rock, this foundation, is the fact that Jesus 
is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. Amen? So, the first foundational truth is that there's only one Savior, and that is Jesus Christ. Yes. I mean, if you believe that in your heart, then you're doing well. All doctrine and theology should be built on this rock. Amen? And so that's the foundation of Christianity, knowing that Jesus is the Savior. And in Romans 10, 9, and 10, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Amen? And so, so that's, the, that's a, a good foundation. If we have a good foundation, amen, when persecutions and tribulations come, and they will, we will be able to stand up by the grace of God and not be intimidated. And you look at the early church, you know, when one Christian was, was killed... 100 more will pop up. Another Christian was killed, 100 more will pop up. And you see this, you know, you see this not just in the book of Acts, but even, even if you do any research of after, you know, after um, the book of Acts and, and all the letters that Paul wrote, you know, the Christian, pers- cur- the Christian church being persecuted, yeah. thousands and thousands of people would become Christians. You can't keep us down, amen? amen. Hallelujah. And so, Along with that, we take up the whole armor of God. Amen? Part of the armor is the helmet of salvation to protect our mind because we have the mind of Christ. Amen? Ephesians 3.17 says that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith that I and that you being rooted and grounded in love. So being grounded in love is important too. We're rooted. You know, we, you know if, you're, if you're planted in good soil, your roots go down deep. Right? Yeah. And and if you ever seen like a, a really old tree, you can't you can't dig up the roots of a of a really old tree because the roots continue to go down as far as they need to go down to supply the nutrients for that tree, right? And so Jesus said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself." And on these two hang all the laws and the prophets. So what does this mean? It means that. We do things for Jesus and for others because we love them, not because some law tells us we should. I mean, you look at the Old Testament, they had a law that told them exactly what to do and when to do it and how to do it and how many um, goats to sacrifice and, and you know, the, what, kind of, what kind of animal to sacrifice. I mean, nothing was done out of love towards God. It was all done out of, out of law, right? And you had, you had some that, that loved the Lord with all their, with all their being, you know, that would do things. I mean, but, but the law was there so that, that they could set themselves apart I mean, and be sanctified to Jesus, to, to God. I mean, and they would just, they had no choice. That, that was their law. They would do it. But now it says that we love the Lord our God. And we love our neighbor as ourself. Amen. And we hang all the laws in the Old Testament prophets all on that. Amen. And so... Um, so Luke also said, you know, in this same, so Matthew, uh, the parable of the sower, Luke said that it withered away because it lacked moisture. I mean, I've talked before about the living water. I know that uh, Deb has talked about the living water before and, uh, and just how, you know, we have, I'm going to kind of back up a little bit. So we have a river, right? And we have all these streams that go into this river. And I was talking with, um, with uh, Roger about it early before the service was that it's, I love the fact that there's so many people that teach in this church because there's all these streams and there's all these, these giftings and these anointings that people have that maybe, that maybe go one way uh, or another you know, um, 
you know, a certain topic or a certain thing, or the Lord's giving you revelation of this or that. And all these streams go into this river. And so I love that holy life. You can, you can get a huge wealth of knowledge and, uh, and nuggets about a lot of different things about the word. And then they all go into the same thing. They all go in, it's all the same doctrine of follow Jesus. Amen. Staying with the word. I love people that, that have a lot of scripture. Amen. It's just, uh, it's just great to be a part of a church that you can get so much information about all different areas and all different facets of the, of the word. Amen. And so I've talked before about the living water that Jesus offered to the woman at the well. Amen. And we need a steady stream of word coming into our lives. I mean, the faucet needs to be turned all the way on, right? Just a steady, just a steady inflowing, amen, so that we can get a steady outflowing. I mean, if nothing's coming in, nothing can go out. I mean, so if we get a steady inflowing of the word and the inflowing of the river of life and the, and the, and the, the, the good things that God has for us, amen, we'll steadily proclaim it. We'll steadily, it'll steadily come out of our mouths as well. Amen. And there's no, there's no lack of supply from where we get the inflow from. Amen. Amen. It's can always continually supplying. It's an infinite supply of, of things that God has for you. Amen. We're never going to know everything that God wants for us. We just, we can't, at this point, we can't, um, don't have the capacity to know. Right? Amen. But he has so much for you. He has so many good things for you. Amen. Fill up with the living water, Jesus Christ, and you'll never thirst again. You'll never go through a, you know, as you stand fast in the word and you, you hold on to the word, you're not going to go through a point where it's like, um, where, where you not have access to that supply. Amen. You always have access to that supply. Amen? All right. Well, Father, we just thank you for uh, just, just being here with us, Lord, your presence. It says where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are there in the midst. And so I thank you for this morning blessing our conversations. I thank you for after service blessing our conversations, Lord, and uh, and just the just everything that you've done for us, um, everything that you continue to do in our lives. Yeah. It's so supernatural. It's so awesome and amazing. We just love you so much. I thank you for a great day, Lord, that that everybody can come back tonight yeah. for Pastor Tucker. We thank you for a great night as well, and just a great rest of the week, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.